Hello, and thank you for tuning in. This is Love What I Love, a podcast where we beg our partner to love something we do, whether it be a movie, TV show, or anything in between. We're your hosts, Andy and Masha, and this week we're talking about Attack the Block. Attack the Block is a 2011 sci-fi horror film written and directed by Joe Cornish. It follows a group of rough teens from South London as they defend their block from an alien invasion. I think it's Block. It might be. <laughs> <laughs> if I was better at accents, I would help you out. <laughs> but I'm not. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but I'm not. <laughs> That's uh, it is starring John Boyega, Jodie Whittaker, and Alex Esmel, and a bunch of other people. Nice. Uh, it was made for a budget of eight million pounds. Ooh, pounds! Oh yeah, it's a British movie, baby. Fun. And what is eight million pounds? Uh, USD. I don't know. I always just pretend in my head that the pounds are worth roughly the same as a euro. Mm-hmm. So I'm always like, so oh, a, little a little slightly more. Yeah, I'm always just like, that's ah, like a little more than a dollar. Probably like so eleven mil. Know. Yeah, <laughs> probably way off. But, but uh. Brought in just a little bit over half of that at four point one million Ooh, pounds. What? Yeah, this movie was not a not a success upon hitting theaters. Whose fault is that? I don't know. It was critically acclaimed. People loved it, but when it came out, it was just wow. I mean, from the trailer we saw, it looked like it was a limited theater release. So yeah. maybe people just didn't know about it. Yeah. Well, it never it never came out in America in a full. Like wide release, mm-hmm. it only did a couple of like select cities, I think, for festivals and things like that. Interesting. But it pretty much stayed in England the, the whole time, so it didn't have like you know it didn't have the worldwide budget to add on top of the domestic as much as most other movies do. Okay. Yeah. Either way, I think it just uh, it, it was just quiet. It's a cult status by now for sure, but it took a couple of years for it to kind of gain some traction. I mean, it helps that Boyega now is now like a worldwide star. Yeah. So yeah, literally, it helped launch john boyega because i mean come on he got star wars you know yeah. later on but um i don't watch it so i i don't have much to comment on it but jody whittaker who plays uh who i don't even i already forgot her name <laughs> wendy <don't> sam <laughs> so off. wendy uh she's the doctor on doctor who right either right oh! now or was b- previous to this one i, I think right, right now. now yeah yeah yes oh snap so they both uh i mean she was already i'm pretty sure a somewhat established actress before this movie but john boyega was pretty brand new <laughs> my my note is boyega boyega <laughs> <laughs> yeah. because you, i'd never seen you him pretty much young. caught it like out of his eyes because he was wearing the mask in the beginning and yep. then you were just like oh snap boyega oh yeah <laughs> that's great <laughs> so from the producers of Shaun of the dead yeah interesting so do you know who those producers are not a hundred percent like i don't know who they mean by name but joe cornish the guy who wrote and directed this Mm -hmm. he does have a comedy background i actually don't know really much about him but he he had a a writing partner named adam and they had like the adam and joe show and it was like very popular in england and all this stuff joe's had a couple of like background roles in edgar wright movies like he plays a zombie in Shaun of the dead and <laughs> somebody in the background in half fuzz i can't i don't remember exactly but i looked it up on imdb so i know he's kind of like he rolls in that crew of comedy guys i mean we can we can go into that but uh i mean i already feel like i know your answer from how you reacted when we started it but masha any <laughs> anything with this movie ever even heard of it any like never heard of it although some of the 
clips that we would see in this movie, I later realized that I actually saw in a documentary we watched together yeah. a few months or a year back by now. Probably over um, a year back. And it was talking about black leads in movies that were... Yeah, it was on Netflix. It was a play on a different title. That's why I can't remember it. It was like When They See Us. Maybe. Oh, I really... It was It was a really great documentary too. Yeah, it was. it was awesome. But um, there was a clip from this movie, and Boyega is in the documentary talking about his role in it. They Gotta Have Us. They Gotta Have yeah, Us. Yeah, that's it. Oh, right. Spike Lee play. Yeah, yeah. So I was like, I knew it was a play. It was a play, and she's <laughs> gotta have it. But I was like, I, whenever something's a play like that, it's always harder to remember it. Because then I'm like, what, what am I I'm trying to, ah, you know? Yeah, yeah. Uh, but yeah, they had a couple of clips of Boyega in this from this movie and that you know and at the time i didn't even know i'd ever be showing you this movie (laughs) wow that's crazy yeah honestly if it weren't for star wars i feel like i wouldn't even know who boyega was yeah i mean he's still pretty young Mm -hmm. you know he's he's yeah he's still in his 20s yeah yeah so you know i'd like you know the the Time constraint of a trilogy of Star Wars movies alone <laughs> is going to put you out of the acting game for like five, six years. Oh, man. You know what I mean? Just pre-production all the way through and like... That's crazy. Yeah. But be, he's so around. talented. Yeah, Jesus he's, Christ. He's awesome. I love, I love my British black actors. They're so <laughs> great. <laughs> you could play Idris' son in something. <laughs> Just put them all in one movie together. <laughs> you know those movies where actors play themselves? in the in the real world yeah yeah. like if you just put like a boyega and idris elba freaking get out like just put them all in one movie you gotta call the one guy get out (laughs) i forget daniel yeah daniel kalua yes kaluya kaluya (laughs) (laughs) it's not kalua (laughs) daniel cognac that's racist all right you called him get out Dude's been in like six movies already. That was like four years ago. He's a freaking Oscar winner. <laughs> uh, yeah. I'm, I'm, calling him, I'm calling him a liquor name. You're, you're calling him the, his fourth movie ago. <laughs> like not even something recent. Not even I, Judas and the Black Messiah. I, I can't watch Judas and the Black Messiah. <laughs> uh, I really want to. Yeah. It, it's giving me like Denzel vibes. You know what I mean? Yeah, so it means you're never going to watch it. Yeah. (laughs) But you can watch it and tell me what happens. I I missed my chance. It's off off the streaming. Oh, is it? It's not in Prime or something? No, because it was an HBO Max. It was one of those, like, it was supposed to be in theaters, but they released it on Max. And now it's they're actually doing that period where they remove it. Yeah, from, Jesus but it might Christ. come back because Wonder Woman two just came back. So it's like all right. that is so dumb. Right. Like we know how the we know your routine. Yeah. Now that we have streaming, is it really necessary? They're, they're crazy. <laughs> but anyway, we digress. Digress. Digression ended. <laughs> but yeah, to answer your question about yeah Joe, like he's I said he wor- he's in the comedy world with those guys and he co-wrote with edgar wright uh the adventures of tintin which i've never seen <laughs> and before he got fired off ant-man he helped edgar wright write his script of ant-man that was supposed to be oh damn Ant-Man. so yeah he's a he's a comedy guy and probably always a horror fan i would guess kind of similar to the way edgar wright you know made his Shaun of the dead yeah well we all know you love edgar wright yeah. so my question is timeline wise were you already a fan of Shaun of the Dead and Edgar Wright before you watched this movie? Or did you not really realize the connection? I was already a fan before I watched this, but I didn't realize the connection. Oh, okay. We we only saw producers of Shaun of the Dead because we watched the trailer. Right. Um, you know, it's not anywhere in the movie. But, you know, you do Andy facts all the time. So you're probably like, ooh. Yeah, but I never really dove into 
this guy Joe Cornish before this okay. this run through. I would always just hit his IMDb, notice that this was his first movie, and he's directed a couple of things since then. Cool. So I'm always just like, oh, okay, he's just a you know young director who had a great idea. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I never really made the connection other than Nick Frost being in the movie. But Nick Frost is in a lot of movies, so it doesn't necessarily mean it's like a it's an <laughs> Edgar Wright connection. Every time I see that guy, I'm like, is the blonde guy gonna be around the corner? Yeah, like they're just so. <laughs> also, Simon Pegg. The blonde, Simon Pegg. The blonde yes. guy. <laughs> Oh, you're killing us. I'm sorry. <laughs> I promise that I'm smart in some ways. Yeah. <laughs> I just got to make that clear. <laughs> I make it through the world okay. Oh, that's great. <laughs> it's it's weird how our brains choose what information to retain. Oh, yeah. There's so much stuff I don't retain. Are you kidding me? It's it's Yeah, it's a very selective on all of us. <laughs> but that's I was hilarious. able to recognize Boyega from his eyes alone. Yeah, so. that's pretty good. You caught Boyega eyes. Yeah. It's like Betty Davis eyes, but for Bayega. <laughs> um, but what else can you tell me? Like, did you rent this movie? Were you one of the ones who saw it in theaters? No, I definitely didn't see it in theaters because at the time I was still living in Long Island. So there's okay. no way it was playing anywhere near. And I heard about it after the fact. I mean, it was just one of those movies I would see on those lists at the end of the year where they'd be like, the best movies from last year that you that you missed out on mm-hmm. or you never saw or like underrated gems. And I just kept seeing it pop up over and over again. And once I heard what like the plot was, I was just like, oh, it's right up my alley. Like, mm-hmm. this is going to be awesome. And yeah, I checked it out that year. Probably, I don't even remember how. Maybe old school disc Netflix? Like, I don't really remember. What, oh, what, wow. 2011. I don't remember. I saw it somehow. <laughs> and yeah, just like instantly loved it. I remember watching it maybe like one or two times, showing it to people. And then I kind of just like, I didn't forget about it. But I just like never really revisited it. Mm-hmm. And until this year, I, I randomly saw that it was on Netflix like four months ago. And I was like, it's been th- just about 10 years. I got to check this out. Mm-hmm. And then I rewatched it. And I was like, better than I remember. <laughs> like, I remember being good, but I fucking love this. This is crazy. And then I was just like, clocked it. Got to do it on the podcast. And then I've just been itching to watch it again. Uh, it caught it on Tubi. I don't know. You know, who knows when you listen to this, but at the time it was on Tubi. <laughs> so you can check it out. Tubi will be bought by Roku, would be bought by. Yeah, it'll be knows? bought by Spotify, <laughs> which is bought by something else. But I will say, you know, after watching the trailer, I think this is the best trailer we've seen in terms of watching a trailer before we record. It still gave a decent amount of the movie away, but I think it was cut very well and wasn't yeah. like. Maybe it is part of the fact that it it's, feels indie to me. Like, yeah. even though it had an $8 million budget, it just seems like a high-priced yeah. indie Yeah, it movie. still kind of is. I would say for, like, a sci-fi movie about alien invasion, mm-hmm. $8 million is not that much money. Mm, if you were making true. just, like, a movie about people talking, then, yeah, $8 million's a big budget. But, like, when you're thinking about creature effects and kills and gore and, you know, like, just in the sheer amount of people in the movie. Right. It's, it's $8 million's not going to get you that far. I, w- I mean, do indie movies just have better trailers in general? I don't know. I think. Who knows? <laughs> I mean, this could have been just cut by a British British trailer people who know what they're doing. He was part of the block, and he was like, I'll cut that trailer. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and believe. it was, yeah. Best believe. <laughs> oh, this is going to happen a lot. Yeah. And well, I-, I wanted to ask you, well, specifically, because you said you rewatched it and loved it more than you did before. Yeah. What do you think you sort of overlooked or didn't realize? Like, is it the horror aspect, the sci-fi, everything put together? Like, what is it that you love about it? I mean, I, the first time I was just, you know, and I was 21 at the time, so I was just, like, feeling the action and, like, the, the gore aspect of it and, then you know, like, the creature effects. Mm-hmm. But I don't know. I think watching it more this time... I appreciated all the kids and kind of their whole dynamic both in the movie and then as like actors and like 
th- just thinking about it as like if I was like a first time filmmaker trying to do something like this, it just seemed so natural and so believable. And these kids were all like played off each other so good. Not only that I like not overlooked the story, but really paid more attention to it the second time. I was just also like, fuck, man, they crushed it for for like a people who aren't like, quote unquote, like, you know, seasoned at, at making mm-hmm. movies. This is like a fucking dope first <laughs> movie. I always feel like British movies, especially like ones having teenagers, just feel more real, like more grounded in reality for some reason. Yeah. I don't know why. I don't know if it's the way they act or whatever, but it always just feels extra raw. What are you thinking of in particular? I watched a lot of dramas. Like I watched Skins growing up. Yeah, yeah, I um, watched some of that. My Mad Fat Diary. I'm trying to think of other ones. Very like... I I get what you're saying. Yeah, just a lot of like teen dramas, but they just always felt like very raw. And I, I, you know, compared to a One Tree Hill, you know, it's like not... (laughs) But I think it depends what you're watching too, because... It's a messed up movie to watch, but like a famous movie from the 90s uh, by Larry Clark as Kids. Mm-hmm. And it's like this, it, it's, it's just about these teens who are living life in the city and they're just all giving each other AIDS and like, Ooh. just real, like real, like it's supposed to like give me an eye opening look at what like kids of the 90s are doing, you know? Oh boy. And it's a, it's a tough one to watch, but it is a very interesting movie and, and well made. Interesting. I mean, it's one of those, like, you watch it once and you just say, like, I'm good. Like, I, <laughs> I, I'm not mad that I've seen that now, but it's not, you don't, you don't go uh, back to kids. Well, yeah, there's a there's but, a fine line between, like, raw and, like, depressing. Well, I was going <laughs> to say, the reason I brought that up is because that's one of the things Joe Cornish actually, he talked about, like, especially when he had the groups of kids with the groups of girls and there was, like, a lot of them. Mm-hmm. He's, like, he's, like, I specifically watched kids to, like, get inspiration on how to shoot it because... The way that they caught the energy of eight to twelve, like like teenagers, just uh-huh. in a room, like being natural. He was like the, for the way that movie, like Larry Clark shot it, always stuck in his head. So he was like, oh, he, interesting. He used that to kind of get this. So I, I found it interesting. Where you're like, the British style feels more raw, but it was actually him, like from an American movie. Oh uh, wow, which is pretty cool. I I like your take on why you think you love it more now than you did the first time you watched it. But I have another theory. What's that? You watched this one with subtitles the second time oh, around. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so you got more of the story. Yeah, definitely. Because that slang is thick. Oh, it's the best. It's thick, bruv. It adds such a like unique aspect to this movie that other ones just don't have. It's such... The way they talk, like, it's got to be so unique to that area. <laughs> it, and it was so funny because we sat down to watch the movie and you're like, I think we want to put subtitles on. And I was like, is this a foreign film? Are we doing a foreign film for the podcast right now? And you're like, no, but well, they're slang. It is a foreign film. But. Okay. I don't yeah, know yeah. what we said, but yeah, yeah. I was like, I know I can understand slang. Like, yeah. how bad could it be? <laughs> and, then, and then within like 10 minutes, it's just like. <laughs> Not even. Hey, she's ducking. Hey, fam, she's ghosting. Allow it. Somebody's bombing us, blood. Nah, man. It's just a firework, innit? Some big firework. Nice whip. Could be bare valuables in there. Oh, man. Yeah, there's so much. Calling, calling weed papers skins. Like, you oh, know, I was just like, yeah. I never would have got what the hell he was talking <laughs> about. Not just the kids' chemistry, but yeah, just the way they speak. It's just like, it pops, man. It's so fun to listen to. Yeah. Like, I don't know if it's, I mean, it's probably, it's just really good writing, but I was like, everybody's like funny, but like, you know, like not in a, like trying to be just like the way the dialogue shoots at you so fast. Yeah. 
to go back to my other point about why it feels real it just feels like they're real people and i got the same vibe when i when you showed me warriors for the first time yeah. like i felt like they weren't really written they just yeah, yeah. felt authentically that person that's all like all the research joe cornish did like he purposely didn't want to have a lot of any famous actors playing these kids like you mm-hmm. wanted it to feel like you never met these kids before mm. so they they cast a lot from like local schools and like kids who are in plays and things like that oh. and they basically had like open auditions where they let anybody come in because they wanted to just like you know find the right one for each kid yeah and then even when writing the dialogue first he just hung out with a bunch of kids who live in in the area of south london where this it's a fictional town but it's it's you know it's a fictional town yeah the block's not real damn I was looking forward to going to South London. <laughs> what? I want to visit the block. <laughs> Not at night, though. Too scary. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, he met these kids and, you know, just listened to them talk. And that's where he learned a lot of the slang that he put in the script. He basically took a lot of the lines the kids would just say to each other. And he's like, oh, that's good. I'm putting that in. Trust. And then when he met, when he actually cast the actors, he let them all do rehearsals with their own improv and then even go through the script and kind of look at their character's dialogue and make any changes they would want to make like that's Aww. natural to them. So that's why I think that's why it just feels so fucking real is like the work this guy put into it. Yeah, uh, yeah. You know, and just like to represent that area as authentic as he could. That's awesome. Who knew Timothy Chalamet had a uh, British twin? Oh, you're talking about <laughs> Alex Esmail? Yeah. Yeah, I guess so. <laughs> Well, not twin, but like, I don't know. He yeah. gave me Chalamet vibes. In 2011, what was Chalamet? Like what, three years old? <laughs> oh my God. I don't even want to think about how young he is. <laughs> that just means we're old. Oh yeah. <laughs> old, older than Chalamet, you're old. And then the only other real like inspiration, you know, this guy had was he loved sci-fi movies. He loved kind of alien invasion movies and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. But he know he was always like, you know, all his favorite ones, they always see that took place like in the country or the suburbs. And he was just like, wouldn't it be interesting to set it, you know, somewhere like South London and kind of like see how that neighborhood would react to it as opposed to just like, w- like sticking with one family or one whatever even if it's a a neighborhood in the suburbs like it's still just it doesn't feel the same Mm -hmm. the other like loose inspiration was like years and years before he ever wrote this he he did get mugged by like a group of teenagers like similar to the opening scene in this movie and they like took a cell phone and his wallet and everything and then like upon reflecting on it he actually had that thought where he was like a, he realized how he looked at, like how young they were when they were doing it. And he was like, half these kids looked scarier than I was, you know, like, mm. like to even be doing it. So he was like thinking about like what goes into that mentality and like, how do you get there? <laughs> and so he wanted to like, so you kind of combine those two ideas to make the script. Wow. Which is pretty cool. But yeah, that's pretty much it on the background. Um, we can dive in unless you have anything else. No. Cool. Let's dive on in. So I'm torn on the opening shot. I'm kind of curious how you went with it not knowing what this movie was going to be at all. Mm-hmm. Did that opening shot, like just by sh- showing a space and the thing coming down, did you immediately go like, oh, sci-fi alien movie? Or, I, did, or I, did you not? I kind of did. Uh, see, <laughs> I don't know how I feel about that opening space shot. I was like, mm. I'm always thinking like, would it be more of a jump to people who have never seen it to just start with the kids and the mugging and then right. when, the, when, the, when the alien comes down the first time, you actually are like, Mm-hmm. have the same reaction they do i will be honest since we did not watch it last night i did not remember the sequence in the shot so i didn't remember that being the opening shot yeah it's like, it starts off like up in up in space and you see like a, it could be like an asteroid or a okay. comet you don't necessarily know it's an alien ship right but you right, see right. something shooting out of the sky and then and then it pans down and that's when you see the block okay. with everyone doing fireworks but i do remember it being super unique in that like i was like oh i guess we're watching an alien movie taking place in like 
you know, yeah. <laughs> the city. I don't know. <laughs> you hate it? I don't know if I hate it, but I just feel like a lot of movies tip the hands real early. Like Predator does the same thing. Mm-hmm. I think that would be a way more fun movie if you didn't know the alien was coming until 25 minutes in. But that's just a lot of time. I feel like this movie just gets into it. They're like, they're aliens here. And everyone's going, to, or all the main characters that were introduced to are going to be like, all right. Yeah, you know, like, they're, they're on board. <laughs> I kind of liked that. Oh, it was so Because refreshing. we're so conditioned to seeing the same story. Like, oh my God, they're aliens? No way, man. Like, yeah, what like, do one, we do? One person believes, no one else does. And then, like, they one by one start dying and they're like oh i guess i do believe now right yeah, but, yeah so yeah, we skipped was, all of that yeah and we get a little with the other characters but like it's almost like it doesn't matter what they think because like mm-hmm. this is happening so you know yeah. it's like <laughs> no i didn't hate that opening shot because right. it made me realize what we were watching i know but like what if you just thought it was like a movie about like london, london toughs <laughs> and then all of a sudden bam aliens you're like oh shit switch gears on me would have been fun yeah, i guess I'm, I'm i'm into it all right, I don't love this movie anymore. Episode over. No. <laughs> <laughs> I'm kidding. After we see that sky, we get to get a, a feel for the neighborhood. Tons of fireworks are going off. They don't say this in the movie, but I learned this when I was doing my research. Apparently, it was it's a thing called Guy Fox Night in England. Guy Fox Night. Guy Fox Night. And it's been around since like 1605. Whoa. And it was it apparently it celebrates a night when these people tried to blow up King James the first. <laughs> So they could usurp the throne because he was a Protestant and they wanted a Catholic leader, mm-hmm. like leader. But then these people like thwarted it before it happened. So to like celebrate, they do Guy Fox Night, but it's also known as Bonfire Night and Fireworks Night. So it's that's why that explains like you know it, when they say like oh it's one of the busiest nights of the year for the cops and why there's constantly people send the fireworks out, why the kids have fireworks on them, mm-hmm. you know. So it's it's pretty cool. It's like you know the way I said this movie is super true to like this like kind of south london vibe and talking and neighborhood yeah they also like just show this holiday and like if you know it you know it if you don't the movie's still fine you know what i mean yeah so i, don't know, I thought that was pretty cool listen mate i realized one thing when i watched this movie What's as that? much as i love british dramas and shows yeah i would not personally survive as a teen in london or this south london no i i just don't think i could <laughs> <laughs> They're just like so like tough. Like they have this extra layer that I'm like, how? How would I? How would Masha survive in this setting? Yeah, I feel you. <laughs> but also, I mean, we're looking at like one. I don't think every single kid is exactly like them. I think we're just looking at their world. I guess so. But like they all have like this, and I could I could play tough. But like I didn't. <laughs> see, I was like trying to be like, if Masha were in this movie, like who would I be buds with? You oh. know. And the closest I got were the two kids. <laughs> <laughs> Probs and mayhem. Yeah. <laughs> and you'd be you'd be the third one, like be like, hey, guys, can we just go back inside? Like, I do want to go watch Naruto. <laughs> I do want to watch Naruto. <laughs> yep, that's me. Go home. Lock your door. Do your homework. Watch Naruto. But yeah, when those kids show up, and it's not explained until later on how old they really are. I yeah. also thought that they were. Older than 15. Oh, for sure. And uh, The way they carry themselves. The way they carry themselves. And, you know, they're wearing the masks and, like, yeah, you you don't think... Because you can't think, like, oh, it's teenagers, but, like, whenever we see them looking like that, we always think, like, 17, 18, maybe going on 19. Right. But, yeah, when we learn they're 15, that's wild. Yeah. And I don't know, where were you... Where was your brain in the opening when they they robbed the... uh, When they were robbing Sam? Oh. Like, because at that point, we don't even know that the movie's going to follow them. Because the opening shots are on Sam. 
So it's like, you know, as far as movie language goes, she looks like the main character. Right. I think it would have been more impactful or I would have seen it in a different light if I didn't recognize Boyega. Yeah. Once you saw him, you're like, he's probably the star. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> like if I didn't know who he was, I'd be like, who the hell are, why are these kids doing this? Blah, blah, blah. So I kind of sympathized for his character already before even knowing what the movie was because uh-huh. of that. Yeah, yeah. So that kind of sucked. Why'd you have to become famous, Boyega? <laughs> Boyega, you ruined it. <laughs> um, so that's where my head was at. Nice. All right, cool. But yeah, they rob her, and then that's when we get the alien dropping down in the car. <sighs> and, you know, their reaction to immediately, Freaking like, brave. I'm going to go kill it. Like, you know, <laughs> yeah. like, just immediate, like, I'm going to murk that thing. <laughs> Something to prove, always. Yeah. I mean, but oh. it's kind of interesting because it's like the whole thing with this movie is you start off looking at these kids who are, you know, criminals and, and doing illegal stuff. Mm-hmm. Like the movie constantly painted the way like society would look at them where you just say like it's... hardened criminals, probably older than, you know, probably right. not looking at them as 15 year olds. They're already looking at them as men. Yeah. And so, you know, the movie peels those layers away until like by the end, you know, hopefully you're looking at them as just regular people. But their kind of reaction to even want to, like, fight these aliens and excited is is all just built on, like, where they're from. Like, mm-hmm. they're, everything around them is kind of, like, violence-driven. And so a rational person would see an alien, they'd freak out and probably want to run away. And they're just like, oh, it's a chance to prove ourselves to, right. to kind of, like, you know, make our crew a little bit more known on the block and shit like that. Yeah. So it's real interesting because it could have been written very, like, one-dimensionally, like... Oh, the gang people do this, but then there's these people with the heart of gold. But I like that this movie is like, look, they're going to do some bad things. Like, they're not perfect people by any means. But hopefully, even if you still don't agree with anything they did, you you can understand where it came from by the end of this. Absolutely, yeah. I was just constantly surprised by how much courage these kids had. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, because it's also, yeah, we're like, movies, especially ones that are kind of funny like this, we tend to think like, oh, they're going to be real brave. And then at the last second, like, oh, yes. help, help. But like, they were just like brave. Like, Jesus Christ. You know? When he continues to want to kill the alien after getting that huge scratch on his face. Yeah. That's where I was like, oh, okay. This is a movie where I'm not going to be able to predict every moment, you know? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> when they want to muck that thing. Can I just say real quick, when the alien crashes into the car and Boyega goes it for goes to it for the first time, I thought that the way that they cut that was very good and made it extra scary because the cut was so fast that you couldn't really get a good look at the alien. Yeah. Which I think when you're when you don't know something, it makes it even scarier, right? Yeah. So I thought that was cut really nicely. No, yeah, I agree. And I, yeah, I just want to talk about the creature effects a little bit while we're here because yeah. you know we're right around when the aliens are attacking. I love it, and he he totally like Joe Cornish. He didn't even consider CGI aliens because he just knew that with an eight million budget, yeah, he's like I can't have fully CGI creatures the whole movie, which mm-hmm. is it's not even possible. So similar to like older movies where we all remember how great the effects are, he had to f- make it mostly practical and then use CGI just to embellish some stuff. And I don't know, man. I think it makes these creatures look super fucking awesome mm. like I, I just think about so many movies where someone's getting chased by something fully cgi and like there's always that little bit of like weight weightlessness to it or just your brain can't really track that it's there or the actors aren't really looking directly at something they have to pretend something's there right these aliens were all like people in suits or people in tandem suits and then they built the glow-in-the-dark teeth like on an animatronic mouth that, that another person with a controller could could move. Oh. 
And so, like, you know, every time that they were getting attacked by these aliens, they're really right there with these stunt performers, like, moving real fast. And then they would use CGI when they had to climb the buildings or make a big jump or, you know, Mm -hmm. kind of using it to make the practical effects, like, embellish it as opposed to fully go in CG. And, I mean, that's honestly why movies like The Thing, The Fly, Jurassic Park, Terminator 2, they're all considered to, like, still hold up special effects-wise because of those same reasons. Whenever the camera's up close... They use models and things that our eyes can see with texture. And then when it's real far away, real big, doing something, you know, that happens fast, that's when you bring the CGI in. So that must be the secret recipe then. Why are we doing anything otherwise? Ah, It's a lot of work. (laughs) It's Uh. a lot of work. I mean, not saying CGI isn't work. The animators work their asses off to make that stuff look good. Mm -hmm. But I'm just saying, yeah, blending it. You know, we talk about it in Roger Rabbit. Like, when when you know you have to blend real stuff with the animation, it's a lot. A lot of work. But yeah, that that main alien with the bare-bodied, Dobby-looking, Smeagol-looking alien. Yeah, yeah. is the creepiest thing I've ever seen. Yeah. I did not like it. Oh, so awesome. <laughs> Especially when they started carrying it around on, like a backpack. Yeah. <laughs> oh, so gross. <laughs> because like, I don't want to touch that thing. I might get chlamydia. <laughs> <laughs> That's one of the uh, examples of like lines he just took... Like he like he apparently like brought that to the kids he was like interviewing and like showed it and the girl literally said that and he was like oh, that's wow. a great line and write that down. <laughs> <Jesus>. <laughs> but the block, like, do you have any info about blocks, mate? <laughs> I don't think I can answer you when you talk like that. Oh god, come on. <laughs> um, you know it's equivalent of uh, like projects here. You know they're just, yeah. they're high rises that have cheap like you know pretty decently cheap living that tend to be in lower income neighborhoods, but like. Oh, the block is just a way to refer to it. I just, I really like that. Yeah. So it's not like a block like we say. Like, yeah. You know, it's, it's what it, when they say we got to get back to the block, talking about the I building. just, yeah. I found it interesting that the building was called a block. Yeah. Which it is a block. Yeah. That's like true. if you think about blocks. It's a big block. Yeah. It's a big block. Blo. Blo. All right. But yeah, this whole time I was like, who do they want to prove themselves to? Are we going to see more crews? Are we going to see dynamics between them and other kids from other blocks yeah um but i guess one of the people they want to impress is this guy with the 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 weed room what's his name well ron has the weed room but hi-hats is the guy you're thinking of. ah right hi-hats is like the boss boss yeah and he likes to get the snitch get the strap don't give a fuck Yo, best original song. This is trash. <laughs> <laughs> and he plays it like four times in the movie and he's never got another oh. line. It's just always that hook over and over again with the beat just on a loop. <laughs> it's just like, what? Get the snatch. Yo, I love a, a person who's like very confident and promotes themselves <laughs> constantly. Just constantly living up to his song. It's like the first thing he just <laughs> said. He's like, yo, Moses, check out my new beats. Get the snitch. Get the strip. Don't, Don't give, give a fuck. fuck. Black, black, black. black. <laughs> it right. was in my head all night. All right, I take it back. It's pretty good. <laughs> yes. Get that snitch. Get the strap. Don't give a fuck. Black, black, black. Get on with a code. It's so. Can we put that on your iPod? <laughs> Just uh, like 10 minutes of that guy. <laughs> but yeah, uh, Moses, you know, he goes 
First, he goes to ask them to, you know, stash the alien there until they can figure out what they want to do with it. Yeah, and, they think uh, it's some, like, weird, undiscovered species. Yeah, well, one guy just thinks it's a puppet. He's <laughs> mad good at making puppets. Or yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's a smelly puppet. I forget what he said. Yeah, so neither of us did a good British accent there. <laughs> I said mad good, which is like... <laughs> <laughs> but hi-hat also you know kind of puts him on to some work for the first time yeah so you kind of realize that's Ugh. that's kind of like and my heart sank yeah because he's he's trying to make that next step from like teenage like troublemaker to real deal yeah you know, making some money type wire shit oh my god i hate it i hate it so much sorry every time i just see you know black people in drugs i just break down <laughs> i'm depressed it's okay all right moving on yep. <laughs> Right after there, we get we get the main invasion. We just start seeing pods of these things flying from the sky, uh, and these kids don't miss a beat. They're fucking hyped to go to go weapon up and go go fight these guys. Like, these kids are crazy. Yeah, I love Pest. He's the one. The he's the te- Chalamet. Yeah, yeah. How he walks in his house pretending to have a limp. <laughs> you know, and then his mom's like, "What happened?" He's like, "I fell off my bike." And then you see it's because he has to slide the aluminum bat in his leg, and then he knew on his way out he would have a limp again. So yeah. I was like, "That's mad smart, tricking your parents." But oh, yeah, they, ha- they each have such unique households. Yeah, and I love I love the weaponing up sequence. Like he does another thing in his research when he's talking to the kids. He all like asked them like, "If right now, if aliens came to invade and you have to go fight, like, what do you have? Like, what could wow. you go grab?" And you know, like one kid was like, "Oh, I got my samurai swords," you know, like shit like that. But it's all yes, it's dangerous weapons, and like one kid does get a machete, but like it's still almost like not Goonies esque, but like just like kind of kids going to do their thing, you know? It's pretty yeah, dope. but they're actually like good. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's what I was surprised by, that the fact that they could actually kill the alien. <laughs> yeah, yeah, like, yeah, I kind of like that. That's why I said it's like, it gave me mad Warriors vibes. Yeah, I, get, I could see it. I could see it. You love, like, groups of, like, young guys. <laughs> oh, wait, that sounds, that sounds so bad. All right. <laughs> All right. Oh, I can't find my words today. Because you were doing like action moves and punches and kicks, but we're on a podcast, so only I could see that. So you just got to think about your words. Yo. You got to think you about your not, words, not your you actions. You stare at me so, like you're. <laughs> <laughs> I can read your eyes. You're like, where are you going with this? Where are you going? And it's so much pressure. <laughs> <laughs> you just love groups of young, <laughs> young, young guys. Like real young. <laughs> you know what I <laughs> like mean. Stop saying young. <laughs> <laughs> you you basically love warrior movies. Yes. I love <laughs> movies like the Warriors. Yes. Cool. <laughs> so in these, like this movie's super well, well paced, f- like very fast, just moves. You're constantly on your feet. So anything, I know you're not a big kill person in movies <laughs> mm. you don't like kills and gore and stuff but anything stand out to you from like these battles with the aliens because they get arrested at one point they do get arrested or M- moses does i wasn't expecting this much gore oh yeah there was a lot of gore when the aliens kill the cops and yeah. just them being stuck in that van i that was a little hard to watch for me but i was just constantly like nothing would Nothing was scaring these boys at all, no matter how much gore they witnessed. And that was like, I I feel like uh, freaking Sam was the only one that was like, what the hell? Like, we got to like get out of here. Yeah. 
But yeah, that's more just back to the movie's like theme of like who knows what these kids even yeah. see on a day to day basis. Like they but, probably do see people just get killed in front of them sometimes, and they're just like, yeah. It's- yeah, I was impressed by how much they had each other's backs. Like yeah. the the fact that Moses knew his friends would come and save him made me think they've really been through a lot with each other. Yeah. But yeah, that police car scene stuck out to me, and just anything to do with hi hat. <laughs> Oh, yeah. All of those scenes and how delusional he was thinking that these kids were constantly lying to him. Yeah. Got well, it. to be fair, also, like everyone's saying is alien. Like, you know what I mean? How it would take a while <laughs> for someone to convince you of that. You know what I mean? I guess. But like when they murdered your right hand man, that could have been, you know, the turning point for you. But instead, he got mad at those kids. Yeah. And got his other henchmen to go after them and i love that scene where he was just upset he was ranting to them and then he just pumps up his song again (laughs) (laughs) yo i love the actor man yeah that That was great he had a a crazy ass twist to all this (laughs) and i don't know if you noticed but they purposely made him be the only character to to actually use guns Mm. because a they wanted him to like stand out as as the villain like as some as something villainous but also like joe cornish in an interview said like if i were to give any of these kids guns or have have one of them have access to a gun or even be good with a gun then all of a sudden they're different characters Mm. he's like i was really trying to show up that while you may look at them in the beginning and see adults these are kids right and that's why they basically like have to use just the things they find in their house as weapons and is this not... guy black no no oh. uh <laughs> <laughs> just wondering <laughs> he's a what man oh what? so he was just like that's not the story i wanted to tell like mm-hmm. i wasn't you know like i wanted to sh- not have like inherently like terrible kids just more like right victims of their environment and circumstance yeah sorry the reason i asked that is because that is a very like nuanced detail that i feel like a lot of people would look over yeah oh definitely yeah, so no. that's why I that's asked. why i think this movie stands out it's mm-hmm. really good and then you know through this we're getting kind of like sam sam and the boys keep running into each other to the point where they're in her apartment yeah oh god So, obviously, we have some movies where you know that the main characters are never going to get hurt. This Mm -hmm. isn't one of those movies. No. So, when you see the aliens, like, go after Pest's leg. Yeah. Like, I wasn't expecting that. And just... I mean, yeah. And the kids are, like, slowly start dying, too. Like, you know. I I forget what order they die in. But, you know, Jerome gets taken out at one point. I thought it would be, like, one token death for the group. But it was not. (laughs) It could have been anybody. But, yeah, when... Sam is basically lured in to like help because she's an she happens to be a nurse. Yeah, that sort of like ties her to them for the rest of this movie. But and I, yeah, and I love the con- sorry. I mean, oh continue. no, I love the banter between them during these moments as well. Yeah, because it's it's very funny, you know, and, and it it moves everything along. But it does give you just some of that like nuance in the story of people really just judging people. Like I said, right off the top from seeing them, so. Mm-hmm. You know, what they did to her was wrong. I don't think the movie's trying to justify that and be like, yes, like, she deserves to be robbed. They, they should be robbing her. But it's also, they're, you know, they're telling her why they, like, they do stuff like that. And mm-hmm. it's not necessarily an apology. It's just like, look, that's the way it is around here. And, you know, they say to her, we didn't know you actually lived here. If we knew you and- lived here, we wouldn't have done that to you. Right. And so that shows, you know, not only is she... You know, looking at them as just like, oh, these hardened thugs who robbed me. 
they looked at her and they immediately saw like, oh, a white person with a nice coat. They probably have something worth taking. Right. And then they even say, remember when they were like, they looked at her ID and they're like, oh my God, she's a nurse. She has no money. Like, yes. you know, and so like they just immediately was like, oh, someone who looks like that. And not even necessarily white because like half their crew is white, but just, you know, mm-hmm. the way, like the class, I guess, that they were looking at. Absolutely. Oh, this is someone who dresses and walks like this. So they're in higher class. They're both class. in the wrong, essentially. Yeah. Like, And then, you know, all that gets peeled away as, you know, she's helping him with his leg while, you know, like she's getting a glimpse into the, like what they deal with on a day to day. Yeah. You know, yeah. to the point where like she wants to call the cops and, and they're just like, yeah, they'll help you. Like, what the fuck do you think they're going to blame us this on? You know? Absolutely. And, you know she and her neighbor were sort of thinking about like how this neighborhood needs to be cleaned up and that's essentially like how gentrification yeah. like, starts you know and then she like you know she refers to them as monsters like little monsters mm-hmm. and then like literal monsters come out of the sky and then right. the only ones brave enough to do anything are these kids who never got to be kids you know what i mean right right so it's super yeah i love i love whenever sam and and the crew get a chance to like just banter for a moment in the in the apartment and, <laughs> and later too pest was really funny i oh, think he made me funniest. laugh out loud the most yeah he did great <laughs> you better call the ghostbusters love <laughs> <laughs> you're pretty fit in it i can't do in it in it in it in it in it but they do like a in it in it oh yeah you got it in it in no it. In it. In it. In it. In it. In it. <laughs> that's it, isn't it? Yeah. That's good. I'm trying to think of other good pest lines, though. I can't think of any off the top of my head, but he had so many good ones. Well, I know this is later, but uh, when they're asking her what her boyfriend does, and that, you know. Oh. And she's like, like, where's your boyfriend? He's like, in Africa. Or in Ghana. He's like, yo, you go out with an African man. But she's like, no, he's, he's teaching kids. And he's like, what's wrong with the kids of London? <laughs> No, no, exotic enough for you. Not enough suntan. <laughs> you know, and he's he's yes. like, yeah, like you know, you, you won't get the credit for coming and helping people like us. So yes, you know, that's, that's another thing where the movie's hilarious, but like, fuck, man, like it's true. You know how at the top of the podcast I mentioned my note went Boyega, Boyega. Yeah, <laughs> I have another one. Pogo, Pogo, oh, <laughs> with the, the sad emoji. Oh, the dog. Yeah, yeah, that was a rough one. <laughs> Oh my god, they killed the dog. Yeah. No mercy. Yeah, it's like the movie wanted you to know there was no gloves on this one. Like this Wow. Is, this is this is the book. <laughs> Believe. With alien movies, I'm always interested if they're going to give a motive to aliens. Yeah. You know? I was wondering this whole movie what their motive was, and that always kept me on edge. Nice. Because, you know, like, aliens can come to Earth and be like, we want to... Like, they can actually talk. Yeah. And I think another element that made this so much more scarier is because they didn't talk. Yeah, like, they, they were, were just, just attacking. They were just, like, animalistic. Like yeah. yeah. And they were just... You could not see them. Like, when they look... When they kill a, a couple of them and they look at them, for the first time, the camera's actually staying on one of yeah. them. And they're like, it's black the black. You yeah, know, like I was like, like whoa. That's the, the blackest black I've ever seen. Yeah. It's blacker than my cousin Fennis. It was. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I know. But that was a really cool shot. Like, yeah. That's so. Oh, the creativity. I so know. Cool. Yeah, to, have them, to have them be like that level of black, but then have their teeth glow. So yeah. like, like even the first time when he's like, I think I see some eyes. He's like, I don't think those are eyes. You know, that was nuts. Oh. Yeah, I love the creature work. It was just so good. It just yeah, it reminded me of all these, like I mean, like Terminator One. You know, like like that, <laughs> sorry, that, we had this argument before. Yeah, I think Terminator Two is way yeah, scarier than right. Terminator One. Let's not. Let's not. 
We'll save it for the Terminator episodes. Okay, no problem. In another, in that same interview I read, like he was talking about how his inspirations were like James Cameron with Terminator One or Spielberg with Jaws, where he was like, I always looked at those guys who wanted to make a big movie but just didn't have the money, so they had to figure out a way to still make their movie feel big. Mm-hmm. And so, like, that's kind of like how he did with this one, where he was just like, look, it's a low budget movie, but like, I don't want anyone to realize it's low budget. Right, right, right. And I, yes. I, I will say, as the movie went on, the more we saw those black, those black tings. Yeah. Uh, when they were like full bodied like fur, they were a little less scary. But like when those shots were like they were blacker than black. Yeah, like outside and, like, in the in the nighttime. Exactly, yeah, yeah. like those were the scariest. Yeah. Parts. <laughs> but I love just you know like the block itself. Like it's the hallways are narrow. The apartments aren't that big. So mm-hmm. when when they did get in contact with them, it was always a fucking close call. You yeah. know. I don't have much to say about him, but we we didn't uh, talk about the one character, Bruce, the the guy who's always buying who's oh, buying weed. Jesus, cringe is how like <laughs> one word I would use to describe this guy. For shizzle. <laughs> yes, for shizzle. He said for shizzle like three times. <laughs> Yo, when we've all had those moments where you're like. It's either happened to you, like you're the person, or you've observed it happening. But like when someone says something in a group conversation that's already been flowing, and just everyone stops talking. Yeah. Oh, <gasps> and his was the worst because they're all cracking up about something one of them just said, and then like as the left has died down, he's just like, "Jokes, man, jokes." <laughs> they're like, "Oh God, God, no." <laughs> And what's funny is uh, the other thing that the writer-director said is he basically based that character on himself in his 20s, he said. Oh, no. <laughs> so he's like, he's like, I was that guy. <laughs> like, always just smoking weed and talking about, like, weird nature shit. And, like, you know. And just... The shizzle. Shizzle. In <laughs> uh, Ron's weed room. Oh, God. I, I did not know what that guy's deal was. Because I thought, I didn't realize that he would be in the movie as much as he was. You know, yeah. Because the first time we see him, he's in the elevator bank, and at this point of the movie, everyone's scared of this group of kids. So I thought he would just be another example of that, like another Sam. Yeah. Same thing with Sam. I didn't really think she would be there the entire movie. I thought we would just be focusing on Boyega and his crew. Mm-hmm. But yeah, he just really overdelivered. I think. <laughs> yeah, and I, I was I, not mad about it. Yeah, I could see you feeling that way with his character, but I, I think it was. Like, I get why he was there for the plot, because he was the one who understood kind of animals and biology, and he helped him kind of figure out mm-hmm. what we learn in the third act about these guys. Well, but it's interesting, because I thought freaking Shaun of the Dead was going to be that guy for us. Yeah. Yeah, he had less to do. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I find out that he was there because they got Nick Frost, you know what <laughs> I mean? Like, I love him, you know, and he has some good lines in the movie, but mm-hmm. like, yeah, outside of being the facilitator of the weed room... <laughs> He didn't do much, but I like Bruce too, because to me, I don't know if this was the intention, but it almost seems like because he's like a suburban middle-class guy, you know, who we learn more about his backstory than we probably seem like, seems like we need to. Like we learn about how, you know, his dad caught him smoking weed and then now he like is going to get cut off on this and now he's (laughs) to lie to his parents. So I almost feel like that's who we would expect the movie to be about just because we always kind of have movies like this, Hmm. especially if it takes place in quote unquote the hood, like we might still have like the the white avatar for us, the audience, you know, who's right. like, oh, I'm an outsider. Let me learn about this world. But they purposely like keep him on the side. And I don't know. It might not be the intention, but I kind of thought that was like a cool little touch to be like, no, this is a different movie about a different group of people. Mm, interesting. You know, like yeah. he's he's just gonna be there to be the outsider. And then, you know, he does 
help out in the end. That he's he's got some funny moments when he right. gets hit in the face with the bat. It was pretty hilarious. Oh yeah, that was fantastic. <laughs> but yeah, I was not expecting him to go up to that weed room for yeah. sure. For shizzle. For shizzle. So. Not that there's a huge twist in this movie, but we do learn a little bit more about how the aliens operate. Want to cover that in the spoiler section? Yeah. So it seems wherever our main characters go, these aliens just keep following them. Throughout the movie, they, they even speculate on it might be worldwide. They don't really know, like, you know, where what's going on. Right. And then they slowly kind of just start figuring out that they think it is only on the block. And then when they're back in Bruce's or Ron's weed room... That's where they use the black light and they realize that Moses is basically covered in some kind of substance, you know, head to toe. And what they deduce, thanks to Bruce and his nature watching, (laughs) is that that first alien, the reason it was smaller and a little bit different than the first ones was because that was a female and it was excreting a uh, like a pheromone throughout the the place to kind of make a trail for then the males to come and almost invade you know in a sense so like you were mentioning earlier how you wanted to know like their motive so i like the way they described in this where i think it was ron nick frost character who says like you know they're almost like spores like flying through the the wind is just, just waiting for something to latch onto, mm. and so like they like they're not even thinking about like oh I want to go to Earth and take over Earth. More, right. They more just fly through space when they find an atmosphere that they could survive on. They land there, and then they they have this thing where the female goes. It kind of like lays a trail, and then they run havoc through all that, and then it's you know fi- find the female, reproduce, and just take over the place. Freaking scary. Yeah. So. Because Moses was so hasty and killed it, he was covered in its trick. So they, these aliens have specifically been hunting him down, yeah. not just you know the neighborhood. Yeah, which I, I was questioning that the entire movie. And when I was speaking to before, you know, whether or not you know if aliens have motives or not, yeah. I thought it was because like this alien that he killed was like their baby that they needed. Or, yeah. Like, I just didn't know yeah, what to yeah, think. Yeah. So I mean, I was it's like, something pretty close. They needed revenge for, like, yeah. him killing this baby alien. I mean, essentially, they did want revenge for it. You yeah, know? yeah. And I love, like, the story arc that Moses goes through, too. Because, I mean, he essentially has to go through this horrible mistake to learn that all his choices do have consequences. Right. And, you know, even though, like, these kids are, are kind of criminals, they rob people on the street, they... You know, when he meets his peers, they still almost, like, look down on him. Like, those girls. Like, oh, they're always like, mm-hmm. oh, here's Moses again. Like, you know, oh, there's always trouble with you. Like, why is it always robbing someone? Why is it always this with you? <laughs> she was more like his mom. Yeah, his, like, exactly. friend. <laughs> but it just, it just goes to show you that, like, even though it was a rough neighborhood, they are, as a group, and Moses in particular, are looked by everyone else as criminals, low-life scumbags, you know. And, yes, a lot of that, you know, is, like, what we talked about, where it's, He's a victim of the environment, but he's also realizing that he has the power to, like, shape mm-hmm. how he's perceived and who he is and, like, the type of person he is. Right. And so by being so hasty and killing this alien, he unleashed hell on his neighborhood and his neighbors and, like, the people he loves, you know? Absolutely. So he lo- grew a lot in that. Yeah. Like, even, even you know, like, he chooses to take those drugs from Hi-Hat and then he the, he runs into cops within a half hour. Right. And the first thing he do is find the drugs. And if those cops didn't get killed, he might have been in jail for 30 years, you know? Absolutely, yeah. So, like, he's just, he's, like, learning that he doesn't have to be what he feels like he has to be based on where he grew up. I was know? not expecting this freaking emotional arc I know, that's, in the movie. So good. Be- and you learn about his heartbreaking living situation at the same time. Yeah. Oh, oh. I hated that. that it's, <laughs> there was such an effective way to, to play it out where, you know, Sam's 
looking through his room, mm-hmm. uh, looking through his house, and she's just like, it's a fucking mess. It's trashed. And she's like, who do you live with? And he's like, my uncle he comes and goes. He goes mostly. You know, so she's like, oh, th- he's been, you know, he basically raises right. himself. And then she sees, like, Spider-Man or whatever it was, yep. bed sheets. And she's like, oh, you have a little brother? And he's like, no. And that's when, that's the first time she goes, how old are you? And we learned that he's 15. Yeah, and we're was... just like, yo, 15 is so young. Like, and, you know, it's not just because he's, like, a criminal. Like, there's that in all society where, you know, like, black teens are just treated mm-hmm. older. Like, yep. they're not, you know, if, if a 15-year-old, you know, white kid does gets arrested for something, the way everyone looks he's at him. a kid. From the lo- yeah, exactly. And then. Chappelle had a great bit on it way back in the day about how old is 14, really? All right, but that's the discrepancy because when you talk about a little girl like Elizabeth Smart, then the country feels like 15 is so young and so innocent. On the flip side, here comes 15 again. Now we're talking about a 15-year-old black kid in Florida. This black kid accidentally killed his neighbor when he's practicing wrestling moves that he saw on TV. Now, was he a kid? No. They gave him life. They always try our 15-year-olds as adults. The snicker knew what he was doing. It's a goddamn pile driver. This kid gets on the ropes, there's no stopping him. You'd have to send the rock to arrest him. But, you know, this is also where Moses learns to clean up his messes. Instead of either blaming someone or being angry, he's just like, I have to go do this. And he comes up with a plan to, now that yeah. he knows he can track the, like, make the aliens all come to him. Mm-hmm. He puts on that thing as a backpack and kind of concocts this whole plan to essentially blow them all up. Jesus at the Christ. Same time. I had no idea what was going to happen yeah. here. Like, if he was going to survive. I love, like, I love I how, no like, idea. realistic, like, like, the movie never loses. Even though these kids do, like, some badass things and are super brave. It's all still in the realm of like what's possible. Mm-hmm. They, they're not these kids aren't like doing like backflips and karate kicking these aliens, <laughs> you know. Like they're using the tools that they have at hand. Yeah. And so this last scene, I felt like like a less competent director who wasn't confident in the story would want to use this because they do shoot it in slow motion and it's very it's a very like badass scene, but for totally. lack of better words. But you know they could add him like slashing a couple of aliens doing spin moves with his swords, but <laughs> they kept it just real like. It's just him running and jumping over these aliens, but like, I don't know if it's just the way it's filmed or the choice of music, but it's like, it feels real epic without losing the realism that the movie worked so hard to build. Yeah, yeah. It's not that like Marvel slow-mo. Yeah. (laughs) Or like, or just him doing stuff where like, wait, this guy doesn't know how to do handsprings and like now all of a sudden he's like flipping over aliens and cracking necks. Uh, But they do, they shoot it so well in that it just looks like those black things are going to like grab onto him at any moment. And we already learned that like no one's really safe. Like, yes, he's our Mm -hmm. main character, but we are getting towards the end of the movie. Yeah. They killed off like three people on the crew. So many. I'm counting Pogo as a member of the crew. (laughs) What a vicious death. He was the first to go. It was off camera. I know, but it was so hard. (laughs) I I got attached too quickly. But at least least he he went and fought for Pogo's justice. He did. Pogo. Yo, I just can't imagine going back home and being like, Pogo's dead. Yeah. Like, what do you say? I mean, like, half his friends are dead. Like- I, I know. <laughs> he might have even died, too. Yeah, I think he might have died, actually. <laughs> well, what a plan to blow your apartment up. Yeah. Oh. So dope. Yeah, just I, the whole way it's shot the way, and then you know you don't you're not sure if he made it. And oh, everyone you're sees not him. sure if he can light it. Yeah. Oh, I hate it so much. <laughs> <laughs> we see him dangling there. Oh, I loved it. Loved every <laughs> second of it. It was so fantastic. I don't know if I can watch another Boyega movie. Honestly, what he's he's. I'm starting to realize that I'm feeling a little Denzelish in that 
I felt too many emotions. Like it would felt too real <laughs> a little bit. I don't know, Boyega. You can watch the three Star Wars. It's nothing that special. I'm not going to watch that. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry if you're a Star Wars fan. But uh, <laughs> just to their, basically to what all the characters already predicted. But, you know, at this point now there's cops outside. There's this public reaction to what's been going on. And they immediately get put in cuffs and just taken right oh, out. I hate them. Um, and, you know, this is where we see Sam go full circle. Where in the beginning right. of the movie, she was constantly pointing these kids out to the cops and yeah. telling them to look for them. And then they're like, are these the kids that you, you know, that, that you were talking about? Yes. They're the ones that did this? And then he was, she was just like, no, they're my neighbors. And then I just love that smile, that last smile John Boyega, Moses yeah. gives when everyone's chanting his name. Because yes. like to go back to what I was saying before, like he has a certain reputation in this community. Mm-hmm. And once he learns that like his actions have consequences, both good and bad he can then change, he can change that. He doesn't have to be the criminal that society wants him to be, you know? Right, right. And so by doing this selfless act and, and risking his life to save the block, literally, like, now the community, he's a hero. He's, like, a folk legend. And, you know, he's like, he's like, holy shit, like, I don't have to be, like, I don't have to be that. You know, I could be Absolutely. anything, you know, going forward. One thing I hate that is true is that, you know, without Sam sort of being along, going on this ride with them, they really wouldn't have an advocate to talk to the police to potentially, like, we don't know what happens. The story kind of just ends yep. there, but they literally need a white savior to be like, you know, these guys are actually like heroes here. Yeah. And that's true in this movie and that's true in in life. Oh, for sure, for sure. Um, Which I always find so aggravating and... You know, there are a lot of times where I like think back and reflect. Sorry, I'm a little going off a little off topic here. No, it's I'm do it. reflecting on like how many times when I was young, I would sort of look towards white people as being like, oh, like they know what's right and what's wrong. And like, you know, oh, wow, interesting. and, you know, whatever they say goes and they're probably right. Like they're smarter than blah. like wow. it's just so interesting how like I it. It's sort of in movies and in life influenced how I saw certain people. And it wasn't until I got to a certain age and like was able to actually learn like people are smart and dumb and it doesn't matter what the color of your skin is. You kind of have to realize that on your own. Um, But I think in our media and just like how people interact with each other and the privilege some people have that you can believe that and you can see how like cops wouldn't listen to other like those little black girls being like no he's the hero but it wasn't until they didn't give them any attention at all but sam of course they're gonna listen to yeah you know so i i just found that to be like very authentic and real and just like damn i hate that so much but yes it's true yeah like i think it needed to be there yeah like you know to to bring home the message of the entire movie yeah because you know like she was on the side she would have been on the side of lock them up if if she didn't go through this and like live alongside them and fight alongside them right so it's like it's showing how you need to have those kind of interactions mm-hmm. not obviously fighting aliens together but <laughs> you know it's a little a, movie. a little easier than yeah, that yeah but just even just you know getting to know your neighbors or living in a neighborhood where not everyone looks like you or just getting right. to talk to people instead of just seeing them and being like, oh, I know their story already. Yeah. So in a sense, like, yes, what we are talking about is more of a societal issue, but this movie sort of frames it in that, like, yes, there's a bigger picture problem here, but this is on a small scale how you can sort of fix it. 
yeah. on a personal level mm-hmm. get to know your neighbors yeah. you know it's like, like fight aliens with your neighbors <laughs> like you're good <laughs> or like just know the get to know the people on your block mate you know <laughs> that's all believe <laughs> trust i'm not even lying <laughs> your favorite you want to go to best worst i'm not even lying oh <laughs> you didn't think of any <laughs> Oh, you look like you look like I was the teacher who's just like, all right, and before class is over, hand in that homework, and you're like, oh, that's what I didn't do. Oh, I I rem- I still remember that feeling. Yeah. That happened to me a couple times. Oh, it sucks. <laughs> you you suddenly have to go to the bathroom. Yeah. Really bad. All right, I picked best worst weapon. Oof, that's kind of hard because I'm thinking like. Best worst weapon in general versus a weapon I think I can actually defend myself. Oh, I with. meant like that—that's been that was chosen by the kids in the movie. Oh, I see. Like cool. you used in the movie. Not in, the, in life, <laughs> what's your best worst weapon? <laughs> no, I know you may. Oh, whatever. <laughs> I'm gonna give my best and my worst both to, <laughs> to Probs and Mayhem. Oh. Because I think the super soaker filled with lighter fluid or whatever the hell that was. So dangerous. Was not dangerous, but you know, for their age. Like, really think about, like, what they would have access to. Like, it's one thing, like, the teenagers who can, like, maybe buy stuff online or whatever. Right. And, like, get away with having these, like, somewhat weapons. But, like, you know, he has a super soaker and then he probably has, like, some lighter fluid his dad has or something. Yep. Um. So that was my best. But then worst was fucking the other one carrying a cap gun, which doesn't do anything besides make a noise. Because <laughs> remember later, the, he, the other, one of the main guys takes it and tries to use it against the yes. aliens and he's like it is a toy yes yeah so like what are you doing carrying a cap gun? <laughs> um i thought it was so funny because i didn't believe those kids when they were like it's not water in there like uh, i thought they were joking <laughs> they did a great. really good job that's with great. those kids yeah um i kind of really like the uh fireworks situation i feel like it really saved the day on multiple occasions, whether it was providing light or just deflecting those aliens. Yeah. So I think I'm going to choose that for my best. Nice. And for my worst, I don't know, I'll pick that freaking loud gun, whatever. That wasn't a gun. The cap gun? Yeah. <laughs> <Cool>. <laughs> There's some pretty badass kids in this movie. Yeah. So if you had to choose like your right hand, you know, if you had to, like, be like those two kids, like, yeah. who would your right-hand man be? Whoa. It's not really a best-worst, well, but... Well, we could pick best-worst. Who would your best-worst? Oh, worst yeah, true that. Right. <laughs> or a woman. Yeah. Because they're badass ladies in here That's as well. True. I mean, I know it's an obvious choice, but I, I gotta go pest only because, like, he, pro- oh. he proves himself the whole movie, like... He's the first to get hurt, but he never, he doesn't even let him slow him down. I was so surprised he lasted as long as he did. Yeah. And, you know, he's he was like, losing blood. <laughs> and he's just there till the end. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, like, he's just like, there's, there was never a point where, not that any of them really, like, doubted, like, helping each other or, but, like, he was just always, like, um, he, like, you know, even as that one line where he's like, I can't lie. He's like, I'm, I'm terrified, but I can't lie that this is sick. You know what I mean? And I'm like, yeah, you need that kind of, like, mix of brash fearlessness <laughs> and also just like stupidity right yo i would have picked pest but he just had like you just mentioned a desire for the danger so yeah. i don't think he could be my right hand all right too dangerous for me i'm gonna pick a lady 
basically the one i forget her name but the one who sort of was the most disappointed in moses yeah she was badass and she also had like a fort she it was like the safest place for them this entire movie yeah and she pulled off some you know breaking the lamp and using yeah. it to stab them like that was pretty smart that was quick, great mo- quick thinking yeah so she's gonna be my right hand nice. lady my worst, I think I'm going to pick Biggs. He's the one who hides in the dumpster the whole movie. Aww. Just because, I mean, it wasn't really his fault that he got separated, but, like, I just feel like <laughs> he was, you know, he's going to be quick to run. Damn. But he made that jump. He did make that jump. <laughs> and he's the only one who didn't waste it. Actually, no, I'm going to waste, I'm going to base it on, I'm going to say Jerome is the worst because. Which one's Jerome again? Is he the bigger one? Yeah, the bigger one with the glasses. I think he had glasses. Yes. Oh. And because, A, I can't think of too many times where he, like, specifically helped. <laughs> but B, he had no no minutes on his phone, so he was already he just couldn't even help in that sense. He was just like, Yo. I only got one text left. <laughs> it's too much madness to explain in one text. <laughs> That's funny. That's a great line. It wasn't it was a lot of madness to explain <laughs> in one text. Especially on the old phones, the oh T nine typing. God. Forget about it. <laughs> oh, I'm remember I can't believe we used to text like that. Oh, it took forever. Did the youngins even know? They don't know. <laughs> You got it worse? I'm just scared of like the really outgoing ones. So the guy who grabbed all the machetes, he was just a little too much for me. (laughs) So I'm going to pick him for my worst. In theory, he's really not the worst, but I just personally couldn't have him as my right-hand man. Yeah. I mean, he got himself killed pretty quickly. He was the one who took the gun and held a fake... Like, I've played with a bunch of fake toy guns as kids, especially ones that looked real. Mm-hmm. The second you touch it, you know it's not real. <laughs> like, that guy was a moron for thinking that gun was real. Like, the weight of a metal gun is so... Di- you're not going to make a kid's toy out of metal. Like, you yeah. know, the same way. Yeah. Um, cool. That's all I got. Sweet. Want to go beyond? So, what's pretty crazy is we're recording this in May of 2021. This month was the exact 10-year reunion or uh, anniversary of when this movie came out. Oh. And literally the like day before we recorded, they announced that Joe Cornish and John Boyega are in talks about making a sequel to this. That's what that post was. Yeah. <laughs> I saw a post about it and I immediately handed my phone to Andy and I was like, "What does it say?" and he saved it for the podcast. Yeah. That's pretty cool. So there's literally like they just started talking about it, so there's absolutely no like, I don't even know if wow. there's even a script or even an idea for a script. <laughs> Who's leaking that out? I don't know. <laughs> so, I, you know, they knocked it out of the park on this first one, so I have nothing but high hopes that they make an awesome sequel. But They're lucky Black don't crack, because he could be, like, 16 in the sequel. <laughs> yeah, he could, but I think it'd be stupid. I think you make it, yeah, make yeah, it 10 yeah. years later. Like, I'd like to see a 25-year-old uh, Moses. Okay. I'm very excited about that, and I want these guys to make an awesome movie, and I want it to be great. But, like, on paper, I don't even know. I don't necessarily, like, I don't... What I love about this movie isn't the franchisability of it. I don't, like... Like, as much as I love the creature effects and all that, I think it's the story and the character and these actors that really kind of make this... Mm -hmm. And, like, the arcs they all go through that make this movie great. Not necessarily, like, the aliens. So, my one fear is, like, most sequels where they'll just have a bigger budget, a lot more aliens, bigger fights, but kind of lose a little bit of that, like, the Mm -hmm. heart of it all. So, you know, it might not happen. They might make a fucking, they might Terminator 2 it and make an even better movie. Right. But if, if it was just, if they never announced that and someone just said, like, do you think this, like, would do great with a sequel? I'd be like, I don't know. I think they'd focus too much on the aliens. Right. And less on, like, the people and the story that it's telling. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. No, I, I, I agree with you. When I was thinking about Beyond the Credits, I was really thinking of what happens to Moses you know, yeah. after it cuts away. And I do think he doesn't go to jail. 
Um, and I think that he sort of has a, this, this was life-changing enough that I think that he takes this lesson of knowing his actions has have consequences and applies that to his life. But maybe there's a story... I, I don't know if you take away this, the alien sci-fi aspect of it, it kind of just becomes a whole different movie. If And I think that a lot of the topics that this movie touches on is still relevant enough to today that I, I'm wondering what else they would touch on if they were to make a sequel. Yeah. Because I, I, I think this movie does a great job of touching on so many things. That I'm like, can you guys do it again? <laughs> you know, yeah, like, exactly. like, how do you? Yeah, yeah. There's definitely like society-wise, plenty of stuff to touch on if they're going that route. But that's what I'm like. I don't know what they're gonna do with the sequel. Like, mm-hmm. are they gonna try to stick with those same kind of themes, or are they just gonna be right. like, aliens come again, and then all of a sudden it's like a new story? You know. So I'm, I'm curious. Yeah, it could be a thing where like those same aliens return. But Moses knows like n- what not to do, and then there's a sort of twist there. Maybe he's like trying to stop another group of kids that are trying to kill these aliens, yeah. or like you know advising on just let them pass, and then maybe they don't. And there's like another twist there. I don't know. Yeah, that could be that could be that he could be like the the, the mentor to a new group of teens. Right. He now runs Ron's weed room and <laughs> Moses's weed room. <laughs> <laughs> um, that song went platinum after yeah. he died, and <laughs> blah blah blah. <laughs> That's worst song in the movie. Oh my god! <laughs> blah, blah, that blah, song blah. is a bop. <laughs> a bop. It's a bop. <laughs> Do people say bop for hardcore ass gangster rap song? <laughs> I'm not even lying. Well, all right, Masha. So, I know you do not like horror movies. You're iffy on sci-fi, and when the sci-fi, I'm mo- not iffy on sci-fi. I finish my sentence. Oh, sorry. <laughs> Already. Oh, man. So, Masha, <laughs> I know horror is definitely not your thing, and you're iffy when sci fi mixes with its horror in like an alien type situation or the thing type situation. All right. So, I knew I was going to have some hurdles picking on this one, but you've already proven, you know, on this show alone that just because you inherently don't like those things doesn't mean when something is really good, you can't look past that and be like well it's so very it's done very well you know even though i'm not into people getting their throats ripped out by aliens jesus christ <laughs> but so graphic i knew you'd love seeing young john boyega even though without having seen the star wars movies i don't even know why you even know who he is because he's black and in star wars <laughs> which you don't watch black people talk uh, <laughs> <laughs> Well, anyway, I don't know. I knew you'd want to see a young Boyega, and then I just knew that the story itself would prove interesting to you. It's you know, it's not your, it's not just about a group of kids like, oh, we have to survive. It's they're in their environment where there's already stuff to be afraid of. There's other, there's people like hi hats. There's the police. There's you know, danger around every corner already. So then you add in this new element of danger, and I just think it's a fun mix to something that you know we don't normally always ever see. So. I was just hoping that the awesome, like, fast-paced nature of it, like, I just think, you know, regardless of whether or not it's too gory for you or not, it's it's just, it's such a tight action movie. It's a cool blend of sci-fi horror and action, and with super realistic performances, you know, great kids all around in all the roles, unique dialogue. I just knew it was, like, a movie you've never seen before, so I was hoping to kind of hit you from that angle where... 
you'd just be like, this is different than any, like, I just haven't seen this before. And this is awesome. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and on top of that, it is funny. You know, it's, you asked me in the beginning, like, am I going to be scared or am I going to laugh before we watched it? And I didn't really know how to answer it where I was like, you're definitely not going to like laugh in the sense <laughs> of, I, di- I didn't pick a comedy, but I also didn't pick a straight up horror movie. It's kind of a blend of everything. And you were laughing a good amount throughout this movie. So I knew you weren't just always like freaked out 24 seven. <laughs> Um, so that's my little case that I plead and I want to know, bruv, do you love what I bruv? I love it. So about the block, trust. I do love it, mate. Oh! I gotta get into it. Are you it. lying? I'm. I'm not even lying. No. I'm not even lying. Believe. I, I've never seen a movie like this, and all gore that I hate aside, I think this movie's got layers, mate. <laughs> it's got layers upon layers. Blah blah blah. And <laughs> sorry, I will speak as a real person. I think everything you just said, I just echo from the acting and the actors to the story to just the growth or how much we discover about the characters as we go along the journey. Um, Just that constant peeling away and seeing, you know, these characters for who they really are. And it was heartbreaking and I felt all the feels. Um, But at the same time, it was like action, adventure, and some comedy sprinkled in. Like, it was a very good balance. So... Moving forward, you know what my balance is. Oh, yeah. <laughs> if, if you're going to have horror, I, I appreciate this balance. So I appreciate this pick a lot. We're going full horror. <laughs> no. She can handle Texas Chainsaw Come Massacre. Come on. There's, I can guarantee there's no comedy in Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Uh, no way. We're not doing it. No. Depends how you look at some of it. Bring a friend. Bring a friend. <laughs> and they'll uh, take my place. But I'm, yeah. I'm so I, happy you love it. I, I really do. I could not even fake my way out of it. I kind of had a feeling when, you know, this was the first time we, we had to have a couple days between watching it and recording. Mm-hmm. And I almost tried to push it like another day or two. And you were like, no, no I have to talk about this movie. <laughs> and I was like, ooh, I think she loves it. God damn it. it. I'm not going to say anything anymore. But, but It's very but, hard, folks. When you live together in an era like this quarantine uh, it's hard to not like talk about something yeah, when fun. you like talking to the person about things so <laughs> this is this was a hard one uh, but i'm glad we finally got to talk great. about it oh man <laughs> amazing what all right bloods that's our show <laughs> thank you so much for listening if you enjoy our podcast please be sure to subscribe and tell a friend also if you have the time please take a moment to rate and review every bit of feedback helps i'm Mosha. And I'm Andy, and I hope you love what I love. And don't forget, get the snitch, get the strap. Don't Don't give give a a fuck. Blah, blah, blah. (laughs) You like that I censor myself? Don't give an F. Don't give a bleep. Attacking the blow. Attacking the blow. <laughs> <laughs>